You're listening to Australian Vines Psychic Readings Weekly Editorial. Why does NLP spook some people in society and have others singing the praises of the messiahs of the technique? I'm going to cover these topics in my radio podcast and much, much more. Hello, my name is Vine and I'm an Australian psychic who has been doing spiritual readings since I was 20 years of age. I'm now in my 34th year of doing psychic readings and I love what I do. But in 2007, I received a real spiritual warning about the deceivers that have entered into the spiritual arts field. And we're not talking about the the entertainment psychic area. We're talking about how these spiritual deceivers have been able to infiltrate the mind-body-spirit sector without anyone really grasping what was going on. This is why I'm looking at what is the real truth about neuro-linguistic programming, most commonly known as NLP. Why is it so difficult to find any historical information on the web about the two founders, Richard Bandler and John Grinder, who introduced neuro-linguistic programming into the world, especially because they are responsible for a therapy program technique that is being used by psychologists, counsellors, psychics, life coaches, and has infiltrated right throughout the mind-body-spirit sector and nearly every industry, government body, and our media. There is mass-produced content online about the benefits of NLP. You see people raving about how they're using the NLP technique and getting such great rewards. But there's also something very disturbing when you look at the web. There's no other voice that provides any information about the negative experiences of NLP. And yes, there are negative experiences. What you find with the NLP networks is there's a carefully orchestrated attempt to stop any other voices being heard. This is why you can't find any early history about NLP and some of the controversy and some of the concerns that were raised by some very influential people. There were people in the science sector that said there was no scientific evidence to support the claims by the NLP founders. It was actually discredited as a pseudoscience. But on a spiritual level, I was warned how NLP was actually taking away the ability of the person to be able to control their own ethereal field and have free will. It was removing the free will of the spiritual being. Why are so many people in Australia and globally signing up to do life coaching courses where there is this hidden element 
of training that is all about manipulating people into changing their will. Why are they pretending to be psychic and placing themselves out online in the psychic industry? There are so many hypnotists pretending to be psychic to reach spiritual audiences in spiritualist churches and infiltrating every area of the wellness sector to convince you they are psychic. But it is important to go back to the origins of covert hypnosis and hypnosis in general. It is important to find out why so many spiritual channelers like Esther Hicks somehow came to use NLP covert hypnosis in her spiritual channeling or how Tony Robbins considered to be the new age guru of personal development adopted NLP covert hypnosis in his training to eager audiences for people who were looking for an understanding about meaningful lies and working themselves out of jobs which they couldn't stand or dealing with marriage problems that they couldn't cope with, to name a few of the reasons people lined up to follow his teachings. In 2007, I had a spiritual experience that required my higher guardians to help me to heal my ethereal aura. It was at this time I was guided I would be required to speak out about the spiritual deceivers who were altering the energy bodies of people who had chosen to incarnate. That means you. I tried to understand what could possibly alter the energy influence on your auras. How would it be possible for a spiritual being to have their aura altered since you incarnate into the world with free will? This is how I came to be spiritually warned about neurolinguistic programming, altering your ethereal field, and how hypnosis is making you become submissive to influences outside your control. In this podcast, I'm going to cover some of the lost information about the founders of NLP and hypnosis. I'm just going to refer to the facts. The reason why I'm referring to the facts is because I've already been spiritually warned the deceivers would attempt to shut the guidance down. I can share with you that my website, which has had information about neurolinguistic programming and other media sources, especially my Storyfy media article about NLP, was hacked. You heard that right. The information that I am sharing with you is something the spiritual deceivers do not want you to know. So what are the facts about the NLP founders' early background? Well, let's just concentrate on Richard Bandler, one of the co-founders of NLP. What most of the public are unaware of is that Bandler and Grinder were directly involved with the CIA and the United States military. This is the lost information about the two founders who did experimental testing on military personnel and civilians. Richard Bandler, in particular, was directly involved in the US Special Forces Unit. Let's get an excerpt from the Guardian newspaper from 2006, where a journalist spoke to an ex-military officer. This is the exact quote from John Ronson, the Guardian newspaper journalist, about Richard Bandler's early military background. 
I first heard of Bandler in 2002 when a former US Special Forces soldier told me he'd watched him two decades earlier bring a tiny girl into Special Forces and reprogram her in seconds to be a world-class sniper. You heard that right. Richard Bandler was directly involved in reprogramming people to use violence on other humans by using a technique which is now believed to be neuro-linguistic programming. This is the same man who is teaching people to live positive lives or supposedly teaching people to live positive lives. Now let's find more historical information about Bandler that sends out a shiver in the back of your neck and why I was spiritually guided in 2007 to warn the world public how the energy alteration of the aura was being used by the spiritual deceivers. Richard Bandler had a troubled past as a youth, which a lot of children will unfortunately encounter in their early childhood. Spiritually, nobody wants a child to go through a traumatic childhood, but many children who suffer from a traumatic abuse aren't inclined to use physical violence on their parents at such a young age. There is historical data from a well-known Romanian yoga teacher in the United Kingdom, Monica Desicue, that reveals that Bandler attempted to electrocute his father as a young child because of alleged neglect. This is a quote from Yoga Esoteric article about her personal knowledge about Bandler. The NLP psycho fraud was invented by a violent, drug-addicted sociopath. Richard Bandler tried to kill his father when he was 10 years old. It is only one of his murder attempts. I am a bit of a sociopath, but my illusions are so strong that they become real and only for me, Richard Bandler, the NLP founder said. Arrested and charged with murder, big consumer of alcohol and drugs, at the age of 10 years old, he wanted to kill his father by electrocuting him. He threatened with death several persons and he admits himself he is a bit of a sociopath. This is not just about a character known as a dangerous criminal, but the mentor of a whole generation of businessmen, one of the parents of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, a man who pretends he programs the others in a few seconds and controls them mentally. You will notice that the yoga teacher actually warns the fraternity that Bandler is a demonic energy and they are under the influence of someone who is a sociopath. This is something that Richard Bandler refers to in his training when he's talking about persuading people to not go back to their childhood experiences. The child neglect is the way that he uses covert hypnosis training on audiences where he persuades the audience not to revisit their childhood. Here's a direct quote from a training session. When I was five, I wanted a pony. My parents told me I was ugly. Shut the fuck up. He gets the audience to chant it. Shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. If you hear voices in your head, he says, tell the voices to shut the fuck up. If you suffered childhood abuse, don't go back and relive it in your mind. Once is enough. 
I don't know about you, but when I read someone shouting out expletives in a spiritual training session or even a personal development training session, that doesn't send a warm, fuzzy, positive feeling towards me. What it does do is send out an alarm bell that a spiritual deceiver has easily manipulated themselves into the mind, body, spirit sector. And millions of people have been collectively altered by neuro-linguistic programming, covert hypnosis, to be instant believers. We'll come to how that was possible further on in my radio podcasts and why the public audience was so far removed from what was really going on behind the scenes. What possibly could have been the motivation to have millions of people under the influence of NLP? That's still to come. But let's move on. Let's keep concentrating on Bandler's background. Without a doubt, the most disturbing information about Bandler, which is now extremely difficult to find on the net, involves Bandler being involved in a murder case in 1988. Bandler was tried and acquitted for the murder of a prostitute, Corinne Christensen, who died with a bullet to her head. Her blood was, dis was discovered all over Bandler's shirt. To keep this all above board, let's select another excerpt from the Los Angeles Times by journalist Miles Corwin. The case has attracted attention because it's got weird sex, lots and lots of drugs, and a victim who is an extremely attractive woman. And there are different versions of how she got killed. It's basically a whodunit. The trial testimony about the Santa Cruz murder has differed with each narrator. The prosecution claims that Richard Bandler, the psychologist, killed Corinne Christensen. Bandler claims that James Marino, an admitted former cocaine dealer, killed her. The trial has been a melange of conflicting testimony, varying interpretations of physical evidence and implausible scenarios. Marino claimed that Bandler was angry at Christensen because she was having a lesbian affair with Bandler's live-in girlfriend and because she owed him money. Bandler claimed that Marino was convinced that Christensen arranged to have him beaten and was trying to have him killed. After a preliminary hearing, Municipal Judge Tom Kelly reflected on the confusion. My mind went back and forth all week about who killed Christensen, he said. The only thing I know for sure, beyond a reasonable doubt, is we had a murderer in this courtroom. Beyond a reasonable doubt, I cannot tell you who that person was. Remarkably, the two people in this case were set free. You heard that right. Two people who were only in the room with Christensen were set free. The reason the judge provided was they couldn't identify who was responsible. Now, if you've ever watched forensics checking details about murders and police interviewing witnesses, you might be shocked to find how easily Corinne Christensen's life, an NLP student, amounted to nothing. She did not get spiritual justice. At the time of the court case, journalists and the public were left stunned how nobody was sent to jail for the murder of a young American woman shot in close range. This was when Bandler was a stoner, or more commonly referred to as a drug addict. Bandler will even tell the public if they choose to listen. He's not a nice guy. Let's come to some direct quotes by media sources that Bandler shared 
and he actually says about himself. Again, this is all on the record, found on the net if you take the time to seek out the information. This comes from a journalist from the Independent Co UK who signed up to do the neurolinguistic programming course, which I will share in the future podcast is the hypnosis method Banley uses to influence the media. But let's keep that loosey juicy little bit of significant spiritual info for a later podcast. But what inspired NLP's founding father to create an alternative to traditional psychotherapy and does he practice what he preaches? What two of NLP's patients or students, as Bandler prefers to call them, are they in safe hands? Some people don't think so. Critics have accused Bandler of everything from running a cult, failing to provide scientific evidence for his claims and brainwashing his students. He's admitted drug abuse and even stood trial for murder. But in NLP circles, Bandler is hailed as a sort of messiah. Indeed, while researching this piece, I lost count of the number of times I was told by its proponents that NLP changed my life. Which is surprising perhaps given our national deep-rooted suspicion of anyone too happy or self-assured and antipathy towards motivational speakers, self-help gurus and the sorts of people who run positivity workshops. And NLP practitioners whose vocabulary is littered with phrases such as installing strategies, behavioural technologies, cybernetics, deletion, content reframing and hypnosis seem scarier than most. Yet NLP is big business in the UK. The movement's not-for-profit representative body here claims that there are at least 30,000 qualified NLP practitioners in the UK. It amazes me some of the stories I hear about myself, says Bandler, 59, a smartly dressed stocky man with piercing blue eyes and longish grey hair, a little thin on top wearing a bulky gold and gemstone ring. I meet him in a bland corporate style hotel in Orlando, Florida, where he is speaking at a nine day course, one of many he runs each year, to teach others the tools of NLP. One student told me someone had said, don't go to Richard, all he wants to do is control everyone. Another critic, he says, claimed Bandler beat up his students. He sniffs briskly. But all I ever try to do is make people happier. Now let's take another media excerpt as Bandler demonstrates an aggressive response to anyone who questions his motives. The gun had appeared suddenly, magically, in the palm of Richard Bandler's hand. It was about three inches long, the colour of tarnished brass, and Bandler was pointing it towards a psychiatrist who had volunteered for a demonstration. On this Saturday morning on February 1984, Bandler wanted to illustrate a favourite theory that anyone can change with the right stimulus. The psychiatrist was adamant. Nothing could spur him to change a certain aspect of his life, except, he joked, perhaps a small calibre pistol. For a moment, a smile flickered across Bandler's face. He took the gun out of his pocket. The audience, all advanced NLP students, knew about his confrontational style and laughed. But the psychiatrist said the gun would only work if he knew Bandler was willing to use it. I've got news for you, Bandler taunted. You've no idea how nuts I am. How many people have one, in their pocket, waiting for you? And you're going to tell me that I won't do it? He laughed. 
I don't have to kill you, I just have to wound you. He added, I've done weirder things to clients. I know you have, the psychiatrist responded, his voice soothing, compliant, now terrified. As Bandler toyed with the miniature gun, he boasted that he had once so thoroughly cured a man of acrophobia that the man had jumped off a bridge. You didn't know it was going to be real, did you? Bandler asked. Now, somehow or other, you made it real. Finally, the psychiatrist, shaken, surrendered. This is a historical, true life situation that occurred in one of Bandler's classes way before his mind had stepped in. Yes, I'm describing the people behind Bandler as minders, carefully orchestrating his public relations, but we'll look at the business partnerships later and how his image has changed dramatically from the 1980s to now. All of this information is factual, but it is hard to find on the net because the reputation of Bandler has been to orchestrate to show him in the most recent history most probably by the people he has gone into business partnerships who only want Bandler to be seen in a positive light. Next, we look at the background of John Grinder. Although nowhere near as controversial as Richard Bandler, there are still questions that need to be answered about his early relationship with Bandler and his involvement with the military before neurolinguistic programming was introduced into the mainstream of society. Spiritually, I was guided to warn about energy manipulators. We'll even ask the question, why so many NLP life coach institutes and leading NLP consultants have easily dismissed all of the controversy and are networking amongst each other, defending the training techniques of Bandler and Grinder? Do they do that in full consciousness or altered energy consciousness? It is time to reveal the truth in the divine feminine year about the spiritual deceivers. If you've listened to my prophecy podcast, you will know this was something the higher realms guided was necessary to heal the darkness of our world in the last eight years. Soon we will find how the darkness infiltrated every area of the mind, body, spirit sector. Until next time, this is Vine saying goodbye for now. Love and light. To book a psychic reading with Vine, go to Vine's website booking page. Oh.